Hey friends, welcome to the She Sounds Like Me podcast. We're your hosts, Rachel Leigh Hoffman. And I'm Sila Grace Hoffman. We're a mama-daughter duo that works together, plays together, and tries to figure out this crazy world together. <laughs> yeah, mom. And we're super grateful you could join us today. This is the She Sounds Like Me podcast. She sounds like me. 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 Welcome to the She Sounds Like Me podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up, Mom. Before we get this party started, we gotta let them know the goods first. Friends, if you like what you hear, subscribe to this podcast on your chosen platform. Give us a five-star review or join our conversation online at She Sounds Like Me on the socials and at SheSoundsLikeMe.com. Okay, Mom, now let's get to it. <laughs> let's get to it. All right, Sila, here we hey go. Hey there, Jordan. Hi. Hey, hey, Sila, Rachel, how's it going? It's really good. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Jordan is the author of the kids' book about systemic racism. Systemic racism, yes. And we are so grateful that you could take time out of your busy st- schedule to talk with us today because uh, we were both so moved by uh, your message in your book and so grateful that you could bring kind of these really big ideas to kids and, and, and that we were able to share it with our listeners and you've been able to share it with the world, essentially, partnering with the kids' book about. So mm-hmm. thank you for coming in today and yes. chatting with Thank you. Via Zoom. Thank you. No, it's my pleasure. I'm happy to be here and and excited to talk about the book. Cool, cool. So I'd like, we would like to ask you some questions. Yeah, we would. All right. Go ahead. Shoot. Ready to go. Let's do it. So we're in Atlanta. Jordan, where are you you calling in from? Where are you at today? Uh, Today, I'm actually in in Phoenix, Arizona. It's um, warm and, and sunny and beautiful and I'm happy to be here uh, in in the winter, but my my home is Portland, Oregon, and you can see. Oh, okay. Um, nice. You know, I I have a little bit of yeah Northwest heritage, so. Nice, nice. So maybe that's how you guys you you came so connected with Jelani Memory, the founder of a kids' book about. Is that how you guys know each other? Because they're West Coast as Absolutely. well, right? Yeah, Jelani and I um, know each other from high school. We played basketball against each other in high school, so we we've been friends for a long time. Wow. Awesome. 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 So, uh, Sally, you had some questions. We read the book. And yeah, early on in the book, you dedicated this book to Carver and Isher. Are these young yes. people? If so, how old yes. are they? Ah, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, Carver and Isher are my cousins. Um, and they are, I want to say, six and ten. <gasps> six and ten? Six and eleven? Yeah. So they're right around your so, age, and, Nice. Yeah, yeah. And they live in a small town uh, called Galesburg in Illinois. Nice, wow. nice. Uh, mom's yeah. from Chicago, originally Midwest. So okay. I love that. Good for you. So that was going to be one of our questions, too. Who are they? And you dedicated the book to them. But, um, you know, what, what was kind of your drive for that or the reason yeah. behind writing a book for kids? Yeah. So, um, well, you know. Aside from them being family, they're two, you know, young um, uh, black boys uh, who I think could benefit from what they read in what they would read in the book because I kind of wrote the book with them in mind and with younger versions of myself 
in mind, yeah. you know, um, to try to just better understand the world around me and, and sort of why things were um, happening and, and sort of um, kind of what was previously unexplained kind of phenomena around um, the different experiences that a young black boy can have in the United States compared to, you know, white kids or um, kids of other races in, in their community. So, uh, yeah, I wrote it with them in mind and with my a younger version of myself in mind. And I see them as just like younger versions of me um, and my little brother. And so that's why I dedicated it to them. That's awesome. It's really beautiful. Well, as white girls, we appreciated it from another perspective, which was to put ourselves in the shoes of, um, you someone know, yeah, yeah, someone else and some of the struggles that they, they may face, too. It was pretty mm -hmm. eye opening for us, wasn't it, Silent? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking of struggle, awesome. early on in the book, you mentioned it was hard to write. Can you explain why? Yeah. Um well, I thought it was a, a very challenging book to write because uh, it's a children's book. And, um, uh, you know, I had to make sure that it was going to be easy for kids to read. Um, and, and and to be honest with you, you know, uh, a lot of racism, a lot of systemic racism just doesn't make sense. And so how to make it make sense is I found it just really challenging. And also I had to kind of make a lot of generalizations um, because I couldn't go too in depth. You know, the book could only be so long um, and I wanted it to, you know, be something that you can read just in one sitting. Um, and so, you know, for example, uh, you know, I explained that, you know, people uh, were brought over here from Africa and, you know, were, were put into slavery, right? But there's, there's, you know, exceptions to all those things that are stated. Uh, for example, there was also at, at some point, you know, um, black people that owned slaves and had their own plantations. Um, you know, there were, you know, white people who were indentured servants, which isn't, you know, the same as slavery, but it's not necessarily the same as, as freedom, you know? Um, and so I was trying to, um, do the best I could while providing the big picture um, and sort of the, the the main facts of history while also leaving some room for the nuance and some of those exceptions. Uh -huh. And my hope is that, you know, the book is, is just a conversation starter uh, for kids to talk with the adults in their lives to help them understand some of those nuances and in, in that deeper context as it relates to their own personal uh, family, uh, their own personal ancestry, their own personal communities. Yeah. So it sounds like you kind of answered our next question, which was going to be like, you know, you said it was hard, but you did it anyway. And um, you must have some found real... a way to win. You found a way to win, as we like to say, and, and you powered <laughs> through. You. And it sounds like your why behind that was to kind of explain, you know, a little bit of history, but how we got here and, and how the bubbles have changed over time. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And maybe how it applies to today and how we can all see ourselves uh, or put ourselves in the shoes of others. So um, that's really great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you want to ask the next question? Sure. When you see systemic racism, what are some of the things you can do about it as a kid? 
how how can we how can we make change? Yeah, that's a great question. I love that question, Sila. Um, well, when you see systemic racism, I think the first thing uh, and the most important thing is to to speak up about it and to acknowledge it and to acknowledge its existence um, and to ask the the questions around you know well why is this um, and try to understand it or have someone explain it to you and sometimes when people can't explain it to you that that kind of helps prove the point that it's wrong and that there's a problem there right. um, and so when you see those things and if there's a situation where you can stand up for somebody because you feel like you know they're not being treated fairly or the rules are not fair for them in particular um, speak up and see what you can what you can do to change those rules um, and to help that um, you know so they're not alone in, in that understanding and that ex it's really helpful as uh, someone who's who's black uh, to not be the one that always has to speak up about these things um, yeah. so when white people speak up about these things before me um, you know oftentimes I'm happy because I don't have to be the minority that's always calling out the racism um, and it helps me feel like my reality is shared by you know others yeah you know Jordan that brings to mind something else for me as uh, as a white mother uh, I think oftentimes we don't talk enough about um, what our role is we know that we're to teach our own what's right and wrong but to stand up and speak out for others that are um, being judged or bullied or um, not treated fairly is kind of a fundamental human right. But then there's a small nuance there that is sometimes hard to navigate, whereas uh, speaking up on um, Black Lives Matters or speaking up on uh, against racism um, as a white person I think we're constantly trying to be conscientious and considerate and sometimes wonder if, if I don't want to say if it's our role, but do we have a right? Um, and I, I think innately, the, of course, the answer is yes, but it's nice to hear from you to say you appreciate that um, because that, that, that part of the conversation I don't think is really spoken about enough. And I hope to teach my my white daughter that whenever she sees that, no matter what it is, whether it's, um, you know, racism against ethnicity or judgment against religion or even sexual orientation, that we speak up and stand up for each other because humankind is, is what we are, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel, thank you. Um, you know, I think, um, some people have a, a hard time, white people have a hard time understanding this, the distinctions of when it's appropriate and when it's not appropriate, because certainly people have um, maybe tried to speak up or spoken up and received some backlash uh, from people of color. And, um, you know, to, to in my experience and in my understanding, um, the way that I see is appropriate is for this, you know, not only do you have a right to speak up, you have a responsibility and obligation to speak up. Um, because, uh, you know, this is, um, you know, it is, in my view, the responsibility of the uh, oppressive group, if you will, the privileged group, um, to help address those oppressions and those injustices. 
Um, and at the same time, you know, people have to understand that we're not looking to white people for the solutions. Um, we're looking for white people to acknowledge the problem and to call on their community to see the problem, recognize it and take action. Um, but the solution should come from the, you know, the oppressed group. Um, so if it's around race, then it should come from people of color, black and indigenous people uh, in particular. But if, if it's around gender, you know, it's, you know, it should come from women to, you know, help solve those problems, but men to be allies in supporting what women want to see change in the kind of yeah. fights that they want to see. You know. I really appreciate that perspective. Thanks for sharing that with us. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have some? You have some other questions too. We wondered. How about you ask the next question? Okay, I will ask the next question. I asked the last one. I could ask Jordan questions all day. He's great to talk to. No, I think I asked the last question. Okay. Whatever. Well, then I threw a curveball. So because it's a conversation. Everything is changing when you have a conversation. <laughs> There you go. That's right. That's right. Uh, always dropping a tune this one. You know, to see. So what are I some... will not do an episode without some sort of song. song. I love it. I love you it. Everyone put a little light and love into it. So even when we're yeah, talking absolutely. about hard stuff, I appreciate that about you, Sila. Um, so some famous people maybe that are in this space that you look up to that are making change as far as uh, systemic racism is concerned. Who are some people that you uh, really look into and lean to for inspiration? Oh, wow. Wow. Um, that is a great question. Uh, I think... You know, wow. Um, <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that question. I'm sorry. I think you sent it to me ahead of time, but um, <laughs> it's okay. I, I, I There's to, so many of them. Uh, I, mean, I saw a bunch of them on TV on on uh, yeah. Tuesday <laughs> or Wednesday. Yeah, no. There's a, there's absolutely a lot of you know. I work with a lot of these incredible activists, um, and I really look towards a lot of uh, kind of radical women of color um, to kind of help guide my politics and help me, you know, see the injustices and where the solutions are. Um, I, you know, I'm thinking about people like um, uh, Kimberly uh, Crenshaw, who is a, a, a critical race theory uh, and legal scholar. Um, I'm thinking about women like Latasha Brown, who uh, uh, helped change the um, the outcome in Georgia, the election season, uh, a voting rights activist. Um, you know, uh, obviously Stacey Abrams, um, as well in that, uh, Rachel Gilmer. Stacey, uh, Stacey Abrams on a, on a candle, uh, that's oh, out of go. shot right now, but yeah, she's of course the triumphant. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Rachel Gilmer, uh, who leads the organization called Dream Defenders out of California. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of people, um, that, that, I mean, Cornell West is, is someone who I, always just been really inspired by um, as a scholar, as a, as a writer, as someone who uh, can speak really uh, powerfully, eloquently about uh, injustice um, and about racism, but also uh, always has a message of sort of love and hope and acceptance. Um, and so, you know, he's a huge inspiration for me as well. That's awesome. And if I were you, I'd be, and if I were me as well, I'd be looking yeah. up to Ruby Bridges 
Ruby Bridges. We talked a lot about her because she was a young black girl that faced um, a a lot of uh, racism when she was Mm -hmm. Silo's age. And we've Mm -hmm. learned a lot about how her and her mother's bravery um, walking through the color lines just to get her an education. So Mm -hmm. um, that's absolutely right. Great, great um, example. (laughs) Great example, Silo. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you you have another question for Jordan, don't you? Mm hmm. This might seem a little crazy of a question, but do you think humans are the only animals that experience racism? Like, our dogs are different colors. They're black and brown, and the birds are picking on each other. Like, pick on the tiny little chickadees, and then dogs at the dog park. So from a kid's perspective, you know, it's, it's, it does the seem animals have racism like, too. like maybe that there's some, you know, classism and with not just humankind, but mm-hmm. maybe in all other places too. What, what do you think about that, Jordan? Um, I think that's a great question. You know, I, I, I don't necessarily think that um, there is a, you know, a layer of like organized systemic um, racism or or uh, sort of uh, injustice um, with other animal species, but there certainly is, um, you know, little bigger dogs. Pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, you know bigger dogs picking on little dogs. Um, you know, maybe if you think about perhaps dogs that uh, had really rough uh, puppyhoods, if you will, um, and they you know grew up on the streets and and they um, had to fight for themselves or they were picked on and didn't have anyone to help them. Sometimes those dogs, they have trauma. And sometimes those are dogs that need the most love and the most care, um, but also, you know, have sometimes um, overreactions to, you know, some of the things that they perceive as threats. So I do think that animals um, experience trauma and um, have those kind of responses to trauma in similar ways that humans can. That is a great answer and a fabulous example, Jordan, Um, and a really great way to explain it to the kids. You know, that's something that you see kind of in a neutral space because it's not humankind and they're not using their words, but it's like an an energetic exchange of showing that, you know, if 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 an animal being of any kind has experienced trauma, um, it's going to have a long-term effect. Uh, mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we see that historically um, from black and brown people and the, really, truly the foundation of racism and systemic racism, like you so uh, eloquently put together in your book. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Thank you. It's a great question. Do you, and do you have any other suggestions on books or resources to find more information on systemic racism? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, there's there's so many resources out there for uh, adults and kids. Ibram X. Kendi has a book about anti-racism for adults and a book about anti-racism for kids. Um, there's a couple of websites that have a plethora of resources, um, especially around children's books um, that are reflective of the diversity of this country. Um, and, uh, you know, one is called literallycultured.com. Uh, That's a great website. Um, the other is, uh, we need more diverse books movement. Um, and they have a ton of books on their website as well. Um, 
where you can find, you know, more targeted stories for African-American, for uh, Latinx and indigenous um, characters. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot out there. Awesome. One that I've enjoyed as a parent recently is tolerance.org, which is a great yeah, educational a great portal for, for many different facets of, mm-hmm. um, of judgment, especially when it comes to race, racism. So Absolutely. that's, that's great. Thank you for sharing that with us and with our listeners. So Jordan, tell us where can um, our friends find you for more great stuff or that you're working on, um, or maybe just in your creative process, do you sure. have a place we can send our friends to check you out? Yeah. My uh, website is dreamchasemedia.com, dreamchasemedia.com, or you can just find me on Instagram at jordan.theory. We love it. Thank you yeah. so, so much for being with us today. Thank you it has much. been a total pleasure. Check out a kid's book about systemic racism um, by our friends at the team at a kid's book about. Um, it's on the, we're, we're right at the start of Black History Month, but it should always be Black History Month. Um, it's just a part of our foundation and we need to teach our kids better. So thanks for helping shape that narrative and uh, making it uh, a little easier for us to wrap our, our conversations around. And don't Thank forget you. to grab Jordan's book and all the other great stories from a kid's book about.com. That's right. Thanks awesome. for watching and thanks for talking with me, Jordan. Bye-bye. I love it. Thanks for the plug. Bye. <laughs> thanks, Jordan. Bye-bye. All right, before we head out, a quick shout out to the awesome friends that lent their voices to our vision at the top of each episode. She Sounds Like Me is produced by Creative Catalyst Media, LLC. And as always, if you like what you hear, subscribe to our tribe online at shesoundslikeme.com and find us on social at She Sounds Like Me so we can connect directly to you. Thank you so much for your support, friends. Till next time, take care of yourselves and each other. And have an awesome day. Yep, and have an awesome day. 